We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome in, everyone, to the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. Today, we've got a chock-full show, got some topics in the NBA, free agency going on, WNBA, talking about some of the news that's been happening, the divorce in Phoenix, and the success Wings players have had once they have left Dallas, as well as a pair of new segments, BJ's Best and What's on Drew's Mind, dropping today, giving you guys a little bit of a preview of what's to come in season three as we add some new things along to the show. Heck but yeah. uh, and, and of course, with it or quit it. BJ, you yes, ready? true. Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm excited. All right, let's rock, man. All right, topic number one, sliding into the NBA. It is free agency season. Uh, free agency opens up June 30th at 5. That's the official time there and uh, a lot of movement could be happening in this free agency period bj it's not the strongest uh crop of free agents like the number one one of the you know person you might say is the number one free agent is maybe zach levine here so Mm -hmm. that shows the lack of depth in this free agency pool here there are some you know there's some key role players here there's maybe some you know secondary guys to a championship team but no really no real number ones out there just some co-stars and role players uh, bj what uh what's the biggest bit of news for you uh, i know a constant thing that we've been hearing around the buzz of us as mavericks fans talking about jalen brunson he's one of those quote-unquote top free agents uh this offseason yeah drew i mean you gotta when you look at it it's not just mavs fans this really you know the, yeah. the pursuit of jalen brunson has become a national talking point because of every move that the New York Knicks have made in their quest to, to get him. Um, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of people around here have resigned the fact that he's likely gone, but obviously, you know, we won't know for sure. There was talk when his dad joined the, the Knicks that, uh, that he was gone then. And, and it certainly started to build up more steam, uh, you know, just last week on draft night when the Knicks were wheeling and dealing and and making all the moves that they did to help clear up the cap space. You know, they got rid of Kimball Walker. They got rid of pretty much every, you know, draft pick compensation. They traded um, for three first-round picks with just one first-round pick so that they could then use those picks to help offload, you know, uh, more money in, 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 in cap and they're probably not done, Drew. There's going to be, I, I would imagine, they're going to be offloading another uh, contract here before the uh, free agency moratorium ends here in, in a week and all these moves can become official. So they're looking at, right now, they're above the cap uh, with about 
31 million. I think that last check they'd cleared out, they might even be able to push that up to 35. They're going to offer Jalen Brunson as much as they can because they want him to be their guy. They want him to be yeah. the, the one that runs the, the offense and helps, you know, get the ball to, uh, to, uh, RJ Barrett and, and Obi Toppin and, and those guys, obviously, um, I think they've got another, uh, I'm trying to, my mind is blanking, but, um, they want, they've wanted Brunson. They have made that perfectly clear for quite a while. And so he really has become the, you know, the big name, if you will, of this free agent class. It's not as, you know, star studded as certainly 2019's was, uh, for instance, but, you know, there are some some big time moves. And if you believe, you know, a lot of what you're hearing around here these days, the Mavericks pretty much when uh, when both sides decided not to continue talks, both sides pretty much figured that was going to be the end, even though it was during the season they were going to try to renegotiate. But it sounds, at least to me, that they had already decided he's about to leave and that he's not going to take anything we're going to offer him. I don't know if that's the case or not, but a lot of lot of sources are saying that they expect him to leave, and that's why they went and made the trade for, for the Spencer Dinwiddie. Nico's still optimistic, um, you know, as he, you know, he deserves to be. You know, Nico's, you know, two for two on his trades and his deals so far. So I, I admire the confidence, but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of feel around a lot of camps, you know, you know, especially us, you know, you've heard a lot in D- DFW and DFW radio that, you know, he's mostly, you know, people are leaning towards he's going Knicks. It's usually like a 70% kind of lean right now. Nobody's, nobody's really been any lower than that. Nobody's been like 60, 40, 55, 45, really kind of close. Like it's still go either way. Most people are 70% and above. And when you're at this point, it's pretty much kind of automatic to where it he's going to go. I mean, there's still that optimism that he loves Dallas so much. You know, they were just in the conference finals, that experience, you know, what could they do next year with him? Tim back yeah. adding Christian Wood, you know, I know that's in the back of his head. Yeah. And, and he was originally drafted here and, you know, some of that's got to hold some weight and yeah. uh, you know, that, that part about him having another gear possibly in New York, you know, that, that I do see that Jalen can continue growing. Uh, I don't think he necessarily has to do it to be, uh, doesn't have to be the guide to grow like that because he's yeah. he's been able to grow at a, you know his own pace so far you know in most improved player talks uh, casually the past couple of years uh, with how his improvements gone and you saw it in, you know in those four playoff games without Luka Doncic how he was able yeah. to kind of keep the ship afloat that he can ball and you know that that he can continue to develop his game uh, he he is kind of an old school point guard type of player and, and he plays at his play uh, his pace you know. Not necessarily the same way Luca does, but uh, his own pace to a degree. But, um, you know, you're right, um, Jalen. You know, they want him to be the guy in New York. His dad's over there. Um, you know, but, you know, pose, pose the question. I heard some of these questions this morning. Like, how's that going to work? Like, if they're keeping Julius Randle, and this is a three-headed, mm-hmm. three-headed monster here. Cool. But, you know, that's that hasn't seem to be the vibe kind of out in New York. Um, you know, Julius Randle, you know, second team, all NBA in 2021. Yeah. Um, I don't see why. I mean, after kind of a down year for not just him, but kind of the whole team, 
I don't know about giving up on it, especially if you want to add a guy like Brunson. Like, don't get rid of pieces to add another one because Brunson's not ever going to be an all-NBA player. Uh, he'll be lucky if he's an all-star. So, I mean, making Brunson the guy is probably a little bit too much of a stretch there. I think the guy, no matter what, you know, whether the Knicks say it or not, is going to be R.J. Barrett. Um, yeah. At the at the end of the day, so if if anything, Jalen Brunson will be a one B out in New York to R.J. Barrett's one well, A. And, and that, that if they poses keep Julius the question. Rand, I was what? just going to say that poses the question: if if he's going to be one B out in New York, does that really change what he is here in Dallas as a you know a one A one B or maybe one two, but not that uh, necessarily, you know, not not to talk bad about uh you know Jalen Brunson or anything like that but when you've got a player that has the talent that Luka Doncic does obviously he's going to get the majority of the spotlight if that's the next plan or needs to be the next plan what's going to change if he goes to New York you know there's going to be more attention on him in New York as a result of just the way that media market is and, yeah. you know, he's he's going to get more attention because they are going to spend all this money to bring him in. He's going to be the, the focal point, whether he should be or not. And so, you know, I, I heard this and I, I wanted your thoughts on this. He would be, you know, recognized for having big games uh, in Dallas and in New York. But if he has a bad game, he's going to hear majority more, a lot more talk in new york if he has a bad game as opposed to him having a bad game or in dallas and the tension is going to go to luca and and talk like that so i i mean that's that's really the the question that i think you know he needs to ask himself you know maybe he doesn't like the money that the mavs are going to give him and that's fine and that's the reason that he ends up deciding that he go, he wants to go to new york or he wants to be a part of the the staff now that they brought his dad on. I can understand that too. But if he's wanting to be the guy, if the Knicks are propping him up to be the guy, is he ready for that amount of scrutiny and criticism? Because you know it's going to come. You know the Knicks fans are going to criticize yeah. the move and, and criticize anytime he has a bad game. They're going to be less forgiving if he has a good game. So that's that's what I think is the the big thing to worry about. Yeah, and you know because of you know partially that scrutiny, I feel like Dallas is the better situation no matter what. I mean, he's gonna get you know at least twenty five mil either way because he, he's not mm -hmm. gonna be the number one anything here, and it's a questionable if he's it's questionable to say whether he is definitively the second best player or not when he's if he stays because you know addition of Christian Wood, uh, Jalen Brunson yeah. versus Tim Hardaway. You know some people lean one way or the other. I personally lead Brunson, but you know, still him versus Christian Wood, who is the two there? Uh, does it does it kind of stay the same part of the pecking order for him? And he still yeah. gets the same money. Like he's still gonna get yeah. probably twenty five million. Uh, you know, Dallas is gonna give him. I think. I think. I believe we're saying. You know, a hundred uh, or one hundred thirty five million five years or something like that. Yeah, most I think that's the. And, and I think the Knicks were wanting to go full max, which is four one ten. Right. So, I mean, you either you stay here, you stay comfortable, you continue growing at the pace that you're growing, which is fine. You know, mm -hmm. possibly run it back to the conference finals or the finals and see yeah, what happens that's, there. That's another that, point. Which team is closer to a championship at the end of the day? Is it the right. Knicks with Brunson or is it the Mavericks 
with or without, I th- I would argue, I think, you know, and I would think you would agree with me. That's probably Dallas at this point, just because, yeah. you know, Dallas has Luka Doncic. New York does not. Yeah. And Mavs been in the finals twice since they're, you know, in the past decade mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, 06, 11. When was the last time the Knicks were in the finals? been a while the 90s maybe it's been a while was jalen brunson yeah. born probably not i'm, I'm probably, willing to bet no probably not and you know uh you know like you said dallas is closer to a championship Knicks, they went from being kind of close the previous year to regressing so you know he's having to go out there and kind of help fix that maybe try to do it in a chris paul-esque type way and elevate it to a playoff team again um but, you know, why do that when you could just make the same amount of money, stay parked here, be in yeah. Dallas, be happy, don't have to worry about that double pressure. Because not only is it about, you know, that pressure for him going to New York in general, just on him and the contract that he's going to sign. But, like, it's kind of double pressure. Like, you went out there to play for your dad and, like, you're both, you know, Knicks are bad and you're also not playing well, Jalen Brunson. Like, yeah, Brunson guys getting ate up in, in the yeah. Mecca out there, you know, in New York. Yeah. Would they be able to do that uh, and yeah. handle that if things go sour? So, um, you know, not only is it safe, I just I just think it's better overall for Jalen. Um, I do, too. I, I think, you know, you, you made the point that they were in the playoffs. I mean, you look just last year, both Dallas and New York were in the playoffs. Both got knocked down the first round, though. And the pre the pre, the, you know, following year, Dallas gets to the Western finals with Jalen yeah. Brunson. New York misses out entirely. Right. So. I don't know. It, it, I, I, obviously neither one of us are in the headspace of Jalen Brunson and we, we don't know what is the most important to him, but looking at it, you know, with all these factors in, I know it's going to be a tough decision and, you know, maybe he reconsiders and, and doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't go to the Knicks. And then boy, if, if you cleared out all that and you don't get Jalen Brunson, as bad as it is now, meme-wise, for the Knicks, it's going to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> and uh, question for you, BJ, as we, we transition okay. off of Jalen Brunson. And continuing the free agency talk here, not leaving mm-hmm. anywhere, and you guys are listening to the lowdown. Uh, who will pay DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges? Where could those stars possibly go uh, or up up? Uh, young upcoming stars, I should say. DeAndre Ayton, you know, words of him possibly being unhappy in Phoenix. You know, that could be yeah. a nice young piece. A lot of places, Dallas could have been one of them, but, you know, we got our yeah. center now. Um, where could Ayton go? Who could use his services right now? And, you know, is Miles Bridges going to stay in Charlotte and play there? Or is Michael Jordan not going to want to pay him? I think I'm looking, I'm trying to think, I think Miles Bridges is probably the more likely to stay put at this point. I know DeAndre Ayton is not happy. And, you know, there was uh, even going back to, you know, before the the Suns blew a 2-0 lead in the Western semis to the Mavericks, there was talk about, you know, Ayton was wanting to, you know, take off and and leave in the offseason. And the Mavs were talked about as, as one of those teams that didn't really have an interior presence. Um, you know, I, I look around at some teams and I'm trying to think, you know, where he might be a good fit, Drew. I think he right. might be a good fit in Minnesota. I think Minnesota's okay. got a really good young nucleus. 
And Aiden's got that playoff experience. He's been in the second round this year, was in the finals just last year. You know, he's still young enough. If, if Minnesota, you know, I don't know their cap situation. Obviously, that's going to be a big factor. You look at, you know, what some of the other teams that are uh, that could afford him are doing, and they're not quite as close as, you know, the Timberwolves are. If you're Minnesota and you have to offload D'Angelo Russell to get DeAndre Ayton, do you do it? I would, yeah. Okay. Have a little three-headed nucleus of DeAndre Ayton, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I, I think that's the future. If, but if is were, that, if, how much better is that team if you, you know, remove Russell, add Aiden? How many games better are they? I would say at least mm. four to five. I mean, that's that's oh. a – yeah. I, I think that's the difference between them mm. being in the play-in to being yeah. top six. I, I think that's – I mean, you talk about how far far the Suns will drop if, if Aiden leaves, you know. That that's gonna be the big question is is you know whichever team gets Aiton are they you know do they have enough talent around him to take that step up I would think Minnesota does yeah um I don't, I don't know though I don't know if it makes him that much better I think five games might be a stretch because you're saying he's that much better than D'Lo Russell is right now which I, I mean think, you I know, think he Aiton adds about- a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, like he could. I mean, he's he's gonna add different things for sure. Um, that's tough, right there. That's yeah. tough. I don't really know where else where else you would you would fit him in at as far as you know being able to pay him somewhere else. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So that's that's probably the only likely situation. But you probably have to get a, get rid of a guy like D'Lo Russell. You're not mm-hmm. getting rid of Carl Anthony Towns, and no. you don't want to let go of Anthony Edwards. So that is one place. What about Miles Bridges? Do you think Michael Jordan is going to pay him to stay, or is someone else going to cash out? I think I think uh, he's going to end up staying with Charlotte. I, I if I'm looking at the real estate for him, I think that his best option is probably sticking around in Charlotte. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, negotiations, be it they as they may, I think that's the best fit. And I think that at the end of the day, I think both parties will find something that they can both be happy with in terms of a deal and and keep that you know, kind of core in place for at least a few more years. All right, BJ. And last question as a Mavericks fan, free agency wise, what point guard most interests you to pick up in the off season, Goran Dragic or Gary Payton jr. Oh, that's a good question because obviously when you talk about both Dragic has, you know, the Slovenian ties with Luca and there was, you know, there was the funny, uh, quote that came out the other day when they were both being at the press conference after a team Slovenia game. And, uh, and they said something about like, they can't talk about whatever question was asked until like July 1st or whatever. I I thought that was pretty funny, but I mean, anytime you got it, you know, the talent that Gary Payton, uh, the second has, and I mean, he just won a title with the Warriors being able to, to get him would be huge and add to, you know, what is already a good young core that the Mavericks have put together. If they could get him, that would be great. But at the same time, I, I mean, I'm trying to give you an answer, but there is both, there is benefits to both because bringing in Drogic, you get another veteran leader that you might have lost in some of the moves that they've made in order to get Christian Wood. So there's both benefits to, to getting both those guys. 
I think if I ch- had to choose, I would say Peyton just yeah. because he's younger. But I mean, I certainly wouldn't be upset if they if they made a move to try to get Goran Dragic in here. I agree with the Peyton sentiment. I'd rather have Peyton mainly for defensive purposes, mm-hmm. good young guard. And I think uh, if if the Mavericks were to get Gary Payton Jr., that he would do a Danny Green that Danny Green did in 2019 and 2020, mm-hmm. where he won a title with the Raptors and then went to the Lakers and then won a title there. So he'd win his Golden State Warriors title and then win a championship with the Mavericks. That's my that's my way too early hot take prediction for Gary Payton if he joins if he joins us. <laughs> um, but yes, all right, guys, it is time for BJ's best. All right, we're just going to keep it kind of routine and short this time because it's just a preview of what's to come. But, Drew, I uh, I know you're not as big into baseball, but I found I'm this I'm into story. baseball. I'm uh, pretty not into as, baseball. Not, not as I just, much. I not have covered much. baseball. I know. I was you took on pictures Glow over the weekend. Live Park Field. Well, that's true. All right, so but do you, you make a habit out of watching games that are not the Rangers? Uh, I do season. not. I do not. Okay, so that's where that's where we differ. Uh, yeah. I I will watch games that don't just involve the the Rangers because I I enjoy this sport. So over the weekend, the uh, Angels and the Mariners had a pretty heated series. I'm, you may have heard about this, but you probably the Mariners did not. stink. I know that. Oh, the Angels have kind of fallen off too ever since uh, mid May. But they have two MVP candidates. That is very true as well. But and one of those stink. <laughs> one of one of those MVP candidates nearly got drilled in the back of the head on Saturday. Hey, yeah. The Mariners uh threw one behind Mike Trout Saturday night, oh, and that was whoa. coming off of a uh a Friday incident that Taylor Ward of the Angels had gotten hit. And so the Angels were feeling a little bit PO'd, if you will, and, and uh-huh. presumably justifiable. So uh-huh. on Sunday, the last game of the series, in the first inning, the Angels starter hits uh, one of the Mariners, and, and you know both teams are warned. Okay, So uh-huh. they get the warning because they don't want to escalate anything any further. Uh-huh. Well, top of the second inning, Jesse Winker leads off for the Mariners, gets hit in the behind with the first pitch, and the melee starts. I'm talking a full fist fight brutal you know it's it's something that you don't see in baseball that often anymore and it just it was just if you like you know seeing you know the teams come together you got your money's worth well i saw this story on monday so lost in all the fighting and everything um was that there was a little girl there who was who's actually a reds fan by trade she's seven years old her name is abigail courtney last year she had gone to see the reds play in san diego and joey Votto, who who is her favorite reds player had gotten ejected because he got he he was arguing about uh, you know check swing and Uh so she cried she was very upset because she didn't understand why he had to leave the game why he had to you know why he wasn't going to be able to play yeah. And she actually went viral as a result because she, you know, she got upset. Well, yeah. she was there again. So okay. Jesse Winker is a, is also a former Reds player. And well, when he got ejected uh, or when the, the fighting started, uh, her mom said, you know, he's going to, he's not going to be able to finish the game because that's pretty much an automatic ejection in baseball that anytime you fight, 
you're you're not going to be able to play in the rest of the game. So I, I read that and I and it's just you know kind of amazing to me how you know two times the past two years they've been there. Uh, one of the former Reds players, or in the case of Joey Votto's current Reds player, had been ejected. Uh, and she ended up getting a sign ball and, and uh, you know, Jesse Winker said, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to, you know, continue playing the rest of the game. But I kept, keep reading and this struck my attention and this is why it ended up in BJ's best this week, Drew. Sophie Dill, who is a Mariners fan living in Arkansas, is a defender of Jesse Winker on Twitter. And so she enjoyed seeing how he stood up for the team on Sunday. She thought about, well, if he's the only one that's going to be in the visiting clubhouse all by himself, I need to do something for him. And so she tweets, can I order a pizza to be delivered directly to the visiting clubhouse at Angel Stadium? And so sure enough, she pulls up the DoorDash app and she goes ahead and orders a small pepperoni pizza from a pizza shop called Mountain Mike's, which is about nine miles north of angel stadium and she includes in the drop-off note will you please deliver this pizza to the visiting clubhouse for jesse winker and sure enough believe it or not it actually comes to fruition that the instruction the delivery driver pulls up to the to the park goes around to uh find a security guard and say that this is for the visiting clubhouse for jesse winker and as a result the delivery driver got a whole lot of tips in the process from Mariners fans because he was actually actually able and and willing to do that. Um, He actually had to make a a PayPal or Venmo or or something um, by Sunday night. And between 300 to 400 people had donated on Sunday to him. Oh my. And it was just for, you know, dropping off a pizza to the visiting clubhouse at angel stadium. And so I just, I, I thought that was really just all kinds of, you know, how, how baseball has brought people together and, you know, a fight on the field can lead to a lot of good happening to a delivery driver and in, in what is definitely a, a tough time to be a delivery driver in this day and age. And that's Drew is why it made the list and why it is BJ's best for this edition. Yo, how much did down. you, how many did you say donated? Between 300 to 400 people donated. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find uh, the the amount of money. I don't know. If, oh if man! That, uh, even if that's if like, uh, yeah. even if that's five dollars a person, that's two thousand dollars right there. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're so, at the peak, four four hundred. My goodness. Yeah, four hundred and five dollars a pop is man. is two thousand dollars. Yeah, so, buddy. Man, that Either is way. That's yeah awesome. a life changing <laughs> delivery. And that's there's a cool. picture of um of him and his wife and, and their little child i have it on my phone here uh oh nice so oh that's I, I, cool if if we were more you know special and able to put pictures on the screen i would you know be able to do that but anyway so that's just a little sneak you know sneak peek of what's coming in season three and i'm going to try to find some you know more heart maybe heartwarming it won't always be you know that cool but that to me, it was just like the best of humanity in you, if you will, and that's why it uh, it gets to be a part of the episode this week. That is beautiful, my friend, man. Yes, I, I hope uh, you know. I hope it was. I hope they had. I hope they won that game. I hope it was a good game. 
Uh, the Angels actually came back and won two to one, believe it or not. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow. But yeah. at the end of the day, Drew, it didn't matter who won on the field. That's right, because that delivery driver, he won. That's right. Yeah. Well, whether whether they whether that team won or not, you know, action the action keeps on rolling at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, BJ. Tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, even though you claim I don't like baseball too much. Uh, <laughs> you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, it's giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. $1,000? That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash it. That's right, Drew. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf. I know that the British Open or Open Championships coming up. LIV golf, if that's your thing. There's a lot of top golfers there. You can also look at some of those MMA lines and more. And with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless, Drew. I know we were talking about some of the W games this weekend. I was liking you know, the, the Wings odds on Saturday or Friday, I beg your pardon, when they host the Sparks. But I actually did win a baseball parlay a few weeks back. Okay. Uh, Five-team parlay. There and you go. so if you, if you like uh, the sport of baseball and you know kind of a little bit about some of the matchups, you can be a big winner too. And best of all, Drew, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew, we're keeping the same theme going. You said what is the best thing that I saw, BJ's best. Well, Drew, I've just got one question for you. What's on Drew's mind? Well, BJ and ladies and gentlemen, listening audience, uh, there's always a lot on Drew's mind, so there will always be something for this segment that will never go dry because there's way too much going on here. But today, in particular, this Wednesday in which we're recording, what's on my mind today is, BJ, it's National Camera Day. Did you know that? I did not know that, Drew. It is National Camera Day. Uh, BJ, as you know, uh, how I got started doing stuff at AM Commerce was mm-hmm. with a camera in my hand. Yep. Uh, Jasmine gave me a camera to take picture for her for KETR, and you know that's how things started. I was shooting that eventual 2017 National Championship that's Lion right. football team. That's how things Five started. Five years almost now. Right. So photography and cameras, that's how it started in this media mm-hmm. business. You know, it's not necessarily how the journey's gone, but, you know, cameras have <laughs> always been there. You know, photographs some really cool stuff. Like I said, 2017 National Championship, uh, you know, a couple of FCS National Championship games. Yeah. Division one. Uh, you and I were at the Frisco Bowl. That's right. Um, and uh, so a lot of adventures with the camera in sports. Dallas Wings games. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can go on. We can go on. A lot, a lot of cool things with uh, 
with cameras. So uh, cameras have been a part of my life more so in adulthood and college than, than the younger years. You know, I loved a good picture. You know, I love to keep a good photo. You, you yeah. Everybody posts them on Facebook. You got a good picture. You know, book a photo shoot with your favorite photographer. But just on National Camera Day, I think it's a, it's a good time to more so – appreciate our cameras out there and you know i'm just gonna go through some of the main cameras these days or not just not main cameras but some of the cameras that are out there just a just a handful of cameras Mm -hmm. uh starting with the number one most commonly used camera that i come across these days and it's because it's pretty much the best Mm -hmm. dslr cameras Uh, A DSLR camera is a short form of digital single lens reflex camera. It is the most popular type of camera in the market. All professional photographers will have one DSLR camera in their kit. It is is actually a combination of digital imaging sensor with a single lens reflex camera. The DSLR cameras come with a detachable lens so you can change the camera lens based on the type of photography if you are doing landscape photography you can mount a wide angle lens and for wildlife photography a telephoto lens bj recently i actually used this camera this type of camera over the weekend and i'll tell you what it is a, it is a phenomenal right. phenomenal experience i had i had a big lens on there a, a cool wrap graphic on it too that i was working with so it was Did you a feel really, like a professional I did not feel like a professional because I'm not there yet. Uh, I felt cool <laughs> holding it. Got a lot of compliments about the camera and took some really cool photos. One of you know my former youth pastor who is a referee, uh, local referee for you know youth leagues around the area. Yeah. And uh, his son that was actually he was just he was in eighth grade when I was a senior. Uh, I knew him growing up. And they were both refing the same game this weekend in the gym wow. that I went and photographed the first basketball game that I went to. So they are one of the photos in my recent gallery, which if interested yeah. in that gallery, just, you know, shoot us, shoot us a DM on Twitter or something. I'll direct you to the gallery and check it out. Um, but going through the rest of these cameras here, these other, these other four, uh, I wanted to talk also about, uh, point and shoot cameras you know kind of a, mm-hmm. you know those those simple small ones that see i think a, a perfect example if you're if you're a person who likes movies and you you enjoy will smith movies i think they had one of these in hitch uh yeah, at, at some point right. I'm, I'm pretty sure because i think i think he pulled it up with one at, and took a picture with one so you kind of know what a small little point and shoot camera looks like uh, Point-and-shoot cameras are compact cameras useful for people who want to capture vacation pictures or family pictures. You know, something quick that you, you're not gonna, you're not going to take that big DSLR with the giant no. lens that I had no. this weekend on vacation. Uh, these are for people who are not interested in photography and just want to capture images. So, you know, like I said, for the vacation pictures, a cruise camera right there. Uh, they come with a fixed lens and variable focus length. You will not be able to get the telephoto reach in a point-and-shoot camera. Hence, it is the best camera for documentation purposes. Well, let me ask you, Drew. I don't know if, if uh, that article says anything, but with some of the newer phones that we've got on the market, would you say that the need for a point-and-shoot camera is dwindling as we get you know, more and more advanced technology with phones? Because yes. I know I take a lot of pictures with my phone more so than – uh, you know, I mean, we I think we've got some professional cameras 
uh, that because my granddad was big into photography, actually. So he he did. Uh, I think he's got a couple DSLR uh, cameras from over the years. But I I find myself more often, you know, I've got a really good lens on my my uh, camera on my phone. I would say yes. Um, and it is on this list that I'm reading, and it is actually fourth okay. in in a total list of I believe there's twelve here, but I'm not going through twelve. Okay. I'm only getting five of them, and okay. uh, it is definitely on here. And I was I was gonna mention it, but uh, yeah, I mean phone cameras are coming out getting better and better. I mean if you got the newest phone, you've got a better camera than any little point and shoot camera, so you wouldn't need those as much nowadays, and you definitely wouldn't need the next one that I'm coming to nowadays because of point and shoot cameras and iPhones and, you know, good cameras like that. Next up, the third one I'm going to talk about film cameras. It all yeah. started with film cameras, BJ. During the early days of photography, we used film as the medium for record images. Later, film got replaced by the camera sensor and memory cards. The ISO part of the image comes as the film feature, so we need to change the film rolls according to our ISO needs. You can control the aperture and shutter speed in the camera. Now camera manufacturers have stopped producing these cameras, uh, these types of cameras for t photography, because of lack of demand. You know, got nice iPhone yeah. cameras. You even got the point-and-shoot cameras. You yeah. don't need the film ones anymore. They're outdated. Would, but, would the film camera be like Polaroid or is that a different? Uh, um, it is different. Instant? Okay. It is different. We're getting to that's actually on the list. We're getting right. to that later. But yeah, film, uh, you know, you got the point and shoot. You got your good phone. If you have a good phone, some people don't upgrade. So they would need a point and shoot. And if you're super old school, like, you know, you just set in what your dad used to do or whatever. And you're, I don't know, it's it's our dad's dad type of stuff. Those generations back, they'll be like, yeah. I'm not going to stop using this film camera. It's been so good to me, blah, 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 whatever. It's the only way you'll see those nowadays. But yeah. uh, next up, BJ, yes, it is the Polaroid. Polaroid oh, awesome. camera. I love Polaroid cameras. I actually had a friend of mine who had a wedding a few years ago, and they had, I think they had multiple Polaroid cameras out on the table for people to use, and, you know, people were posing for pictures with them, so Polaroids are super cool. Instant yeah, picture my, my brother's girlfriend has one, and when uh, he graduated uh, at about, it's almost been two months now, it was in the early part of May, uh, there were a couple pictures that were, were definitely taken with the Polaroid, for sure. And to answer this question, so a cell phone camera counts as a point-and-shoot camera? Uh, not necessarily, but, I mean, it's it can be as good, if not better, mm -hmm. than a point-and-shoot yeah. camera. Because, like, the latest iPhone cam iPhone 13 camera, that is definitely better than a point-and-shoot camera. Because you, you, you can zoom in on, like, the craters of the moon with those iPhone 13 cameras, right? Those things are Something good. like that, yeah. Those things are good. But uh, continuing on, uh, as the name suggests, instant cameras are capable of printing photos just after capturing them. That's why Polaroids are so well-liked. Uh, it was Polaroid Corporation who introduced this type of camera to the market. Hence, these cameras are also known as Polaroids. Mm -hmm. uh, the earlier generation of instant cameras used films, and they got replaced by paper prints. They are many different models or there are many different models of Polaroids and other instant camera manufacturers, Kodak and Fujifilm are the other known manufacturers of instant cameras. Yeah. 
And last but not least, there's a bunch of interesting ones on this list, BJ, but I want to go to this one because it was really popular as I was in high school and it was used, it's still used for a lot of cool things nowadays. The fifth one on this list, uh, my list, is a GoPro camera. Oh, yeah. The GoPro camera. GoPros are always so cool. You see them in the little glass box. People have the straps on them. Yeah. They go underwater with them and stuff. People bike with them. You've seen people attach it to helmets and things like that. They're awesome. They're so much fun. I wish I had one. They are uh, action cameras slash GoPro cameras. They're known for their miniature size, capable of fitting into many places where it is tough to mount a normal camera. Uh, you can use uh, this camera to capture images, record videos, and do time-lapse photography. They come in uh, with various mounting options. You can mount it on a helmet, like I said, wrist, body, like I said, on vehicles, or on clothing. There are camera housings, which you can use to record videos underwater. That I said, too, huh? Most of the action cameras support 4K resolution. Certain action cameras allow you to connect it to your smartphone for remote triggering and live view. That stuff is cool. GoPro and... GoPro is one of the most well-known action camera brands. Yeah, Drew, I actually had a GoPro uh, a few years ago. I, I took uh, some pretty cool pictures and video when I went to the UK for the first time. Uh, I didn't have as good of experience uh, getting it to stay charged. I don't know if it was just I got you know a defaulty one or whatever, but at least I was able to you know save video from the trip and everything like that to have for posterity. Man, when you look at the hashtag uh, National Camera Day on Twitter, you find so many cool-looking cameras. Although some old-school stuff, people are posting yeah. like like literal super throwbacks and how far they've changed over the years. Old Polaroids, new stuff, DSLRs is great. It's awesome. Oh well, yeah, and, you have to search some Twitter after this, <laughs> right? And uh, hashtag National Camera Day was what was on Drew's mind today. Awesome. Well, that was very interesting, Drew. It made me feel like I was back in uh, a camera class at college almost. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Uh, BJ, uh, coming up next, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here within the WBA. Sure do. Yes, Drew. Not only do we get the remainder of the All-Star Reserves announced, but you've got a very interesting topic here about former wings and how they are thriving upon leaving Big D, if you will. Uh, you know, leaving, getting out, and not being a part of the wings anymore. So we want to go ahead and talk about the rest of the All-Star teams that we mentioned the starters in last week's episode. Uh, so I'm going to get this list up here real quick. If you've got it in, in front of you, go ahead and hop in. With me, but I do know that we've got, uh, you know, Enrique Gumbawale was the only Dallas wing that was named to the All Star team as a reserve, and would have been a starter had it not been for the fan vote. Right, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, to my demise, because you mentioned that she's the one Dallas wing player that made it, and that was yeah. my one miss on all the All Stars that were named. Uh, BJ is is missing on Alicia Gray. Um, yeah. I had Alicia Gray tabbed as you know a starter in my in my vote. Uh, you know, it's arguable that she should have just made it in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's the only vote I get is a starter vote. So um, you know I did I did the fan vote as well. But um, 
you know, still. Uh, there was some there were some questions about some snubs within this All Star team as well. But yeah. I, I, I connected on every other pick. Uh, everybody else made it. The only one that didn't was Alicia Gray. So uh, nine, then, out of, nine out of ten is not too bad. And she is listed as one of the uh, biggest snubs if you go and look at uh, some of the players that yeah. are being talked about. Other names that are being mentioned as some snubs from the team include Indiana Fever guard Kelsey Mitchell, obviously Alicia Gray. Here's one one person that said even though uh, she hasn't been playing uh, every game this year, uh, this person, Kevin Pelton, named Elena Deladon is one of his starters. Yeah. Not just should have been on the team but as one of his starters. So that's, uh, those are some of the big, bigger names that were snub. Um, obviously, you know, we got the, the rest of the uh, reserves here. I don't know why this is not popping up in list form, but. All uh, good. Um, I, I do want to include someone else in the snubs and that is Kelsey Mitchell, who is unfortunately suffering from Indiana fever fatigue. Um, you know, getting, getting, oh, no, getting no All right, Lamar. From- no with love the snub, with the with the with the bad puns. Hey, this is on point though. She's suffering because of how bad the franchise has been since Tamika left. She was yeah. first player since Tamika to have a Player of the Week award go to her, and uh, you know she's got the most points scored in the league right now. And you know what can what can she do to get named an All Star? I'll tell you what, she's got to leave Indiana apparently because she can put up as many points out there as she wants. But if they're not a winning team, finding any type of mediocre like average success, then no player out there is going to get named to the all-star team anymore until they become a good team again, if they can do that. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, I, Lynn Dunn is looking to turn things around. It's not going to happen overnight, obviously. But, you know, she's suffering from the fatigue of that team being bad for like six years yeah. now. So I, I, I did say I did say that she was one of the biggest snubs as well. Indiana, the yeah. only team that did not have a player named. Here are the uh remaining uh remaining players i didn't get to mention ariel atkins kalia copper skylar diggins smith erica hamby natasha howard ryan howard brianna jones jewel lloyd emma misaman arike of course Alyssa thomas and courtney vandersloot and kelsey mitchell will all well 11 of the other teams in the WNBA have representation in the all-star game aside Mm -hmm. from the Indiana fever. And that's the one team where arguably in the guard category should not be the case because of the way she's scoring. And I, you know, even watching her in AU, I didn't think this kind of season was coming from her. And I didn't know what type of minute she was going to play with all these new young rookies coming in. Uh, and yeah. Lynn Dunn running the ship now because you know Tiffany's Mitchell's minutes have been con- significantly cut, but Kelsey is still hooping. Um, but yeah. she's been quite the surprise. You know, I, I was on the fence for voting for her. Uh, I I did not uh, inevitably. If I could have, you know, had the you know voted for the reserves as well, you know, had a second vote to send in, I would mm-hmm. put Kelsey. I would put Kelsey on it for sure. Um, but uh, you know, she. Uh, that's just what it is, unfortunately, suffering from that Indiana fever fatigue. But, um, BJ, um, with the rest of these reserves here, do you have any issues with anybody that, that made it? No, I think it's just, you know, when you look at some of the names, obviously the, the, the snubs are the ones that stick out. I thought that pretty much everybody on the list was deserving. And, and in the case of players like Arike, you make the argument that should have been, you know, listed as one of the starters – 
as opposed to, you know, being a reserve. But I don't, I don't have a problem with, with anybody they name. There's a lot of love for the aces and, you know, as one of, as, as probably at this point, at least the best team in the league, you know, very well represented as you would expect, especially in the fan vote, which does count the most. And those all-stars out there, BJ, that's all without Chelsea Gray being named yeah. an all-star as yeah. well. So they have five all-star caliber players out there for current actual all-stars. Um, you know, there's things that people have been saying, you know, people have made arguments about Kalea Copper. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's a dynamic player, but, um, you know, people questioning whether it was, you know, an all-star season so far. Has she played enough yeah. games to be considered an all-star? Things like that. People would replace her with Kelsey Mitchell um, or, yeah. you know, and Alicia Gray. Um, you know, I think, you know, uh, Ryan Howard, uh, I voted for her. So, you know, I think she's justified in this position, you know, leading an Atlanta Dream team into uh, a potential seven or eight spot, you know, steadying being, you know, a problem in the league with a team that we're thought going to be hanging out at the bottom with uh, Indiana yeah. this year. Um, you know, Sloot not putting putting up big numbers, but leading the sky along with Candace Parker once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Meeseman in her first year in Chicago, all-star appearance. Brianna Jones. Brianna Jones is not going to be on the Connecticut Sun next year. Let me go ahead and just say that now. She is too good of a player. They're not going to be able to afford her next year. She's going to be starting somewhere else. She's going to be starting somewhere else. Yeah. Just want to put that out there. Uh, Natasha Howard has been one of the more effective defensive players in the league this year. She's going to be vying for defensive player of the year, um, arguably. Yeah. Right now, Hamby staying consistent, back-to-back all-star appearances. For sure. And, and Enrique should have been a starter, but, you know, she's in there right now. But uh, I don't have it. The only grievance, you know, I have is, you know, what we talked about in the previous episode where, you know, Sue Bird, you know, well, Sylvia Fowles is – Hers is justified. I just thought she might have been a game or two short, but I'm okay with her being named starter. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to do that honorary type stuff, which this kind of feels like, spot. yeah, they shouldn't be starters. They shouldn't take away yeah. from a starter position. They should make the roster, maybe extend it for this singular year, yeah, uh, and then leave those other two starting spots open. That would fill in Arike Agumbawale and possibly, you know, uh, who would be the forward? Uh, Alyssa Thomas, maybe, maybe or yeah. or uh, or Natasha Howard or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody would fill in yeah. that starting role instead. And but ma- that, maybe, that's the only problem I really got. Yeah, and maybe this year will be kind of like, okay, we messed this up this year. Let's not make this mistake if if something like this happens again. You know, especially if if DT comes back next year and announces it's going to be her final season, and somebody else, you know, it's, decides to to retire that's of all star caliber you know, a similar circumstance, but actually, you know, in, in their cases being uh, part of the, the, the roster and honorary, but also having another spot as well. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be interesting though. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and shift gears into the main thing I wanted to talk about on the WNBA side mm-hmm. of things today. And that is the success that Dallas Wings or former Dallas Wings players have once they leave Dallas, you know, um, I've got seven names here where you can be like, yeah, they're doing better. And this is, this is without really diving into their stats necessarily like Mm -hmm. the meetup, but you know, there's seven players that I've found that have left the Dallas Wings that have had significant success since leaving the organization. And, you know, I've, 
you know, I have yet to come across a player that has left the organization happy. There's always been some type of grievance or some type of, you know, disdain towards it once they've left. Um, you know, some we haven't heard from yet. You know, one on this list. No, two actually, probably, maybe three. A few on this list we haven't heard from. Some we've heard from that have been very vocal about this team. And, um, you know, it's just ta- just trying to understand where it all stems from. You know, I've got an idea. I won't get into the depths of it today, but, you know, just trying to understand why this is the only team that this really always happens to year in and year out. Like, you get these yeah. players. It's kind of like, you know, some things feel forced, and, you know, the players and the coaching staff are kind of forced to kind of go along with things. Whatever is kind of thrown their way. They just have to roll with it and listen to, you know, whoever up top is telling them what to do and, you know, how to, how to go about the business. But uh, I just want to talk about this today and talk about the, those players who have found success outside the organization. And we'll talk about one player who might end up being outside the organization and could possibly find some success as well. Let's start with one of the bigger stars that came through years ago was here when I started covering the team in 2018, Liz Cambage. Liz Cambage has found yeah. success in Vegas. Um, she wasn't on the team that ended up going to the finals that year, but she's been a two-time All-Star since. Uh, she was an All-Star with what with us, but you know she's just you know kept up a good pace, you know averaging you know good good career numbers ever since, and is much happier in other spaces and has been very vocal about her time in Dallas and what went wrong there. Um, Another player I want to talk about uh, who has been quite vocal as well over the years, especially uh, the year after she departed when she eventually won a 2019 championship with the Washington Mystics, Ariel Powers. Mm -hmm. Ariel Powers, that situation was, to me at the time, felt like it came out of nowhere where it kind of blew up. Uh, within the locker room mid-season, and you know the next day she is traded. So yeah, um, and you know, like I said, next year with the Mystics, you know where she ends up landing after this trade, and you know the player that they got in return for trading for trading Ariel away is not even in the league anymore. She ends up becoming a champion, <laughs> you know, becomes a champion. Yeah, with the Mystics, so that's big time. Um. Next up, Azaree Stevens. She's not, you know, I mean, she's not any superstar player or anything like that. You know, she's doing better. Her numbers are better. She's been healthy, uh, you know, in her new landing spot in Chicago and recently became a WNBA champion. There you go. Another champion after they left the organization just a few years later. And next up. One of the former, the the former face of the team, recent one that put this team to bed this past weekend, Skylar Diggins Smith. Yeah, I was gonna say Skylar Diggins Smith, two time All Star and a Finals appearance since she's left. Doing pretty good out there. I mean, yeah. thriving. You know, yeah. loving and it, it out there. It's funny. I mean. Ariel Powers has had better numbers. I looked, you know, ever since she left Dallas, Drew. Yep. As as has you could argue Skylar Diggins Smith. I mean, I, I think Cam Beige and is Azure. the only one that hasn't yeah, that has not had as good numbers wise, but you'd probably say that it's not necessarily that's she's, not the be all and end all. 
Yeah, and she's remained consistent. That Dallas season was mm-hmm. an outlier to where she was yeah. the number one option and, you know, a number two in MVP voting player. So that was, that was yeah. kind of an outlier season where she went crazy under Fred. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, continuing on, finals appearance for Skylar. Next up, mm-hmm. Katie Lou Samuelson. She's found mm-hmm. some success and, you know, it's been, she's bounced, she's bounced uh, un, from team to team since, but she's played better at both landing spots. I mean, she played fine in yeah. Seattle. She scored more points per game in Seattle, shot, shot pretty well and now averaging career high 10 points per game in LA. Yeah. And she is also a three X three gold medalist now, along with our own Alicia Gray. So finding good things and having good things happen to her. I mean, 3x3 is kind of an outlier to the WNBA as far as, you know, success in the league goes. But, you know, she's scoring twice as much as, you know, twice as many points per game as she was when she was here. And, you know, she finds she's a starter, I believe, consistently out there and or at least has a consistent role to where she's utilized often and not underappreciated like she was here. She was brought to be a shooter, wasn't utilized as much real situations and has found has found some successes elsewhere could uh you know find more as as the as one goes along that's probably some of the least success that out of all these has been found yeah would you say that was just like kind of the the bubble season and and you can kind of justify throwing that one out uh no i don't i'm not gonna be like other people and not count the bubble (laughs) year you know whether it's nba or wnba year i think i think it still counts it's still basketball yeah. Um, and, and I won't penalize players that weren't there. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I won't. I won't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Uh, next up, mm-hmm. Dana Evans. Dana Evans. Uh, we, we heard about her in the headlines early this season, you know, hoping out the Chicago sky. I believe she yeah. scored a career high early in the season, 24 points. Uh, never had those opportunities here. Was kind of in a Chelsea Dungy-ish role, just kind of riding, you know, the bench you know, keeping it warm uh, down down the line there, unfortunately, and didn't get those opportunities here. But once she was shipped to Chicago, she was used in a backup point guard role, and she was a backup point guard for an NBA championship or a WNBA championship team in Chicago Sky. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's a WNBA champion, you know, <laughs> already. <laughs> she won it as a rookie. I mean, she reached the peak of the W with a championship in her first year, just a couple of months after being traded away by the Dallas Wings. So yeah. found found the most immediate success, even quicker Def- than Ariel did. Yeah, definitely. Here. And last but not least, one that was recently let go this season and found some history made in her new place last night, Mariah Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Mariah Jefferson, in a way, is a kind of a complicated situation because when you look at Mo Jeff, you know, over the years when she came into Dallas, you know, they, they had a bag of money ready for it. Her feet to come in. Okay. Good little point guard. And, you know, San Antonio, what's she going to offer here? Once healthy, who knows? Let's find out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't get much action that first year, only played nine games, you know, next year, 2021, she played a decent bit of games, you know, uh, 29 games in 2021. But, I mean, she had those injuries when she came in in 19. She came in in 19, missed, didn't play the rest of the season. Only played nine games in 20, then she was out the rest of the season. Played a lot last year. You know, I'll give her that. And, you know, she never got the chance to do anything earlier when they wanted to see what she was made of because she couldn't stay healthy. By the time she was kind of healthy last year, 
you know, the opportunity wasn't there because we had so many young bucks ushered in via the draft that there was no real opportunity for Mariah Jefferson to prove her contract, you know? So she never got that opportunity and was let go early this season with Dallas after just a game. Um, And now she's in Minnesota. She got the first ever career triple double for the Minnesota Lynx last night. 13, yeah. 10, and 10, and a blowout victory over the Dallas Wings. Mm-hmm. Mm, sweet, yeah. sweet justification right there. And Absolutely. she is also in the most improved player conversation for this season because of the opportunity that she has garnished in Minnesota now and, and thriving in it since she's been healthy this season. Uh, she's she's uh, she's averaging the most points per game she has scored since her rookie season at 13, just under 14 points a game, what she had in her rookie year, got 13.4 right now. Um, shooting her second best percentage from the field, I believe, and shooting her second best career percentage from three. Mm-hmm. Career high in assists. You know, she's she's playing well. And yeah, and, and the Wings are playing better too as of yeah. late. So I mean, she's she's found success in just as immediate, not as monumental as yeah. you know a Dana Evans or a Ariel Powers, but she mm-hmm. has found success and opportunity in Minnesota outside Dallas. And Ariel Where Powers I... drew thirteen of her twenty points came in that first half, and she yeah. played it last night for Minnesota uh, again. Yeah. Another kind of revenge game for both of them. Yeah, AP was cooking last night, mm-hmm. and I found it offensive with watching the game when she was going to – I think she hoisted up and made her first three. Uh, I was watching the Dallas broadcast. Ron Thurland, he, he laughed like when she had put up that three and made it. Like I know it, she's had a tough year percentage-wise, and the Lynx aren't going to be you know any type of dynamic playoff team probably, but to laugh after she's yeah. hoisted that up, pretty disrespectful – and, you know, also to a player that used to be here that probably, you know, isn't going to know about that unless, you know, I'm bringing this up. But I'm just I was just annoyed that he kind of had like a Scott, like a <laughs> when when she made the three, I was like, I hope she is cooking. I hope she cooks us tonight after that. That's what mm-hmm. that's what made it even even sweeter when she ended up with 20 on us and, le- and led the le- led the game in, in scoring. So I'm OK with that. But uh it's been a theme for Dallas players that have come through here. You know, they haven't had opportunity here or they haven't had the best time and they've departed and gone elsewhere and found success. Yeah. There's been a lot of question marks around a lot of players on this team as to whether or not a lot of these players should do the same thing. Um, you know, a lot of Gamecock fans are gunning for Ty Harris and Alicia Gray to find a new home and be happy somewhere yeah. else. Um free Charlie Collier, who's the number one pick previously and not getting a lot of playing time. Any run here really given up, really gave up on her so very quickly last season after drafting her. Um, You know, who's, who's what's to make a Bella Allery when she comes back, does she have a place on this team? Um, You know, a lot of players that could find a better home elsewhere that um, are, and and examples of players that have um, just, you know, what, what's the issue here? Why, why does it continue um, to be the only kind of outlier team that constantly has problems? Players leave. They're unhappy when they leave. And they're so much happier and successful elsewhere. Well, I mean, you know, it's 
I, you can't really blame it on coaching because there's been, you know, what, three coaches the past few years, Drew, since you've been yeah. starting covering the team. So it's if it's consistent throughout coaching changes, then you've got to look, uh, you know, at a higher level. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if, if that's necessarily the problem, if it's that the ownership doesn't want to, you know, put more and invest more into the team to to try to get them playing at the the top of their level like they they go on and, and make them happy while they're here and, and and playing at the at their highest level i i i don't know it's, i think it's really i think ahead. it's a rift between upper management and head coach between like what each other want at the end of the mm-hmm. day you know, when one's coming in wanting a job, you know, they want a job. You know, we're going to come yeah. in, you know, I want to try and build this young team. I want to try and win a championship with this young team. Yeah. Um, you know, all this stuff you're going to say to get your job. Yeah. And then when it comes to a press conference and, you know, some coaches are like, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to be able to focus on defense. You know, I want to, I want to play fast. And then, you know, upper management goes and trades for a big that's not fast are good yeah. in space can defend, but you know, it's not going to fit the bill of playing fast and at this pace that this coach wants to play at. So just kind of doing whatever they want, regardless of what the coach is trying to illustrate and, yeah. you know, just getting so talent just, instead of particular personnel that mesh. Yeah. It's, it's the, the scheme and, you know, is, is there a little bit of a disconnect probably mm, uh, with, with the management and, and the coaching staffs. And, and that's where I would say, you know, you, you look for, you know, the structural integrity, that's probably the, some hollow wood, you know, if, if you're looking to, you know, build up the, the house, you got to start at, you know, at the foundation. And if that, is a weak foundation, you're never going to be able to reach the attic, a.k.a., you know, the top. Right. And uh, we're just going to have to see how, how things pan out. And, uh, you know, if that theme continues after after this offseason, you know, probably some of the same players won't be here, um, you know, going into the next year, you know, especially, you know, with guards of training camp and those tough cuts that happen yeah. every year. Um, but, uh yeah, it's an unfortunate theme that only is kind of sticking in Dallas and not really being a consistent theme as much anywhere else. You know, I get it. Yeah. You know, people, people are in bad scenarios or they go from being a, a number two option to being a number one option. And, you know, they're great at being a number one or they go from, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the pressure of a number one to being a number two and they play better or yeah. they, you know, they go from a two to a three and they play better or whatever, yeah. you know. You know, those situational things happen. But when you have a theme like this to where, you know, not under, not only are they finding success, but they're significantly happier yeah. as well. Then consistent. Yeah, it's you, you don't like to have that consistent theme. No, that's Lab- not labeled. the consistency you want. That's not what you want labeled on your franchise. But anyway, uh, BJ, I think it's time for some with it or quit it. Yeah, it's time for a game called with it or quit it. If you're new to oh. the show, well, you've got... 50 some odd episodes to catch up on to find out how we play this game. I'm going to give Drew five opinions and he's going to tell me if he's well, they could be opinions. It's, it's questions. Oh, there were questions. Whatever. You want questions? I've got a formed in question. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'm going to give him five questions and he's going to tell me if he is with it or if he's going to quit it. Drew, are you ready? Bring it on. 
All right, Drew, number one. We talked about this during BJ's best. Oh, you know the the fighting in baseball and everything yep. like that. Uh, yeah, I well, remember it. The question is, Drew. Each team should be allowed to have one fight without having to worry about lasting consequences like a suspension or anything. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? Um. Yeah, fight it out with it. I'm with it. You know, that's the main reason I want to go see a, a hockey event live. Is hope I get to catch a fight. So just let them, yeah. let them, let them fight it out. You know, like they used to let them duke it out in other sports. You know, uh, yeah. basketball, <laughs> Kobe and Chris Childs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let them, let them, let them, let them fight it out for a second. Especially if they're throwing at your guy. I'll be like, hey, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be down for that. You know, that just be kind of a, uh, a, a one, like a warning, a warning type fight. A warning but the second, fight, yeah. But the second time, you, you you can drop the hammer down. Like, you've been warned. I'm looking Come at the chat, it. and Cam is with it as well. And he's a big yeah. baseball guy, as we established earlier. So I'm, I'm also with it, Drew. I think if you put some limitations on it, like, you know, it can only be like, uh, like the last game of a series, and that way it's not, you know, continuing to bubble over or anything like that or – you know, what, what have you, that, that could be fine too. But I think that would help get some of that, you know, rage and testosterone out uh, if it, if it's necessary. Yeah. All right, Drew, number two. So this is a little bit of a, a little more odd, but if you're going somewhere, the journey is the best part of the destiny of the trip, as opposed to the destination. So are you basically, for you know enjoying the the route taking your time or do you want to just get there with it or quit it is there a plea the fifth option i it's it almost kind of <laughs> it almost kind of depends um life yes the journey <laughs> um a, a, a four-hour car drive that hurts my back i don't enjoy that journey <laughs> I don't enjoy that trip. <laughs> well, I mean, it also uh, depends on where you're going. It's like if you wanted oh, to man. see something on the way there, you know, it might be better to to drive it as opposed to. Okay. Riding. Yeah, I mean, like I've had you know cool views like on a trip before. Like I leave in uh, uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and going back to you, uh, you know, my first college in Arkansas. I mean, cool views of the mountains mm-hmm. and everything. You know, that yeah. journey was cool. I don't know. I guess in general, probably. I'm going to say with it, um, okay. just, I guess, looking at it from the life perspective, you know, the journey of getting to where you mm-hmm. is, you know, more, it's not, it's about the journey, not, you know, the final destination, but how you got there, yeah. all that good, all the good stuff that, that comes with getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. Yeah. We'll go, we'll all rock right. with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it too. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've, I have flown in the past and, and versus, you know, doing their car trips, but I think it, you know the unpredictability uh, of you know like where you need whether you know if you got to stop at some point you never know like what where you're going to stop or what you might see along the trip. I think that's what keeps it you know fresh and and surprising is that you know each trip could be different even if you're going to the same destination every time. Cam so. in the chat says too, or he's with me. It definitely depends. You know, like I said, yeah. like it just depends on like where you're going. If you're talking about life, yeah. then yeah, I like the little journey of getting there. Like it's, yeah. you know, I've had an interesting life. So Absolutely. the journey is, journey will be a cool story. But like, I don't know, some situations it's like, eh, I'd rather just be there. 
All right, Drew, number three, another baseball question. And again, oh, I know you were talking about. He does about... like baseball. He's trying to I hammer was trying it home. To think... I was trying to think about. You will love baseball that... by well, the end of this episode. Oh. Well, I was just trying to think what is peak right now, now that the NBA has ended, the NHL has ended. We do have WNBA as well, obviously. But I did want to, you know, throw a some you know throw a curveball or or you know change it up a little bit with the you can throw a curveball i could uh try it's not gonna be a good curveball, <laughs> but it'll, it'll be one of those 58 and a third breaking pitches where it, it bounces in front of the plate if i even get it there Mine will so curve. it'll get there tomorrow <laughs> all right drew your texas rangers should plan to build, a.k.a. add pieces at the trade deadline rather than sell for more prospects with it or quit it? Ooh, buy or sell. Basically. I should buy rather than sell. You've Mm. seen that the Rangers start. They're around 500. They are still in the thick for a playoff spot. Obviously, their future is more so down the road here in the next couple of years. But, you know, if you could open it up a little bit early without having to sacrifice too much, do you do it? Well, I mean, I don't, it's really it's really kind of a tough question because they've been on a, a skid lately. It's been kind of ugly. Um, I, I don't know what the results of uh, – I think they played yesterday and they're playing right now maybe. Yeah, they, um, but- they've won – Two in a row pre- in Kansas b- b- City. Before these two losses, they were nine of their last 11. They had dropped. So, I mean, I don't want them to sell at the deadline, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I would say with it because I'd prefer them buy rather than sell. But I don't even know if I want them to do anything at the deadline. Just anymore. continue to stand right there. It just depends. Like if something, you know, something easily available is there and you can just grab and add to your team, then cool. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, add to the bullpen. Uh, Taylor Hearn's probably going to stay there, so they might need a starter. So they probably will have to add uh, unless they think someone else they have in their lineup can replace Taylor in the starting lineup, which I don't think they have that right now. They're talking about, I think they said, oh, man, I've, oh, it's I don't want. To, I don't want to pretend I know who it was. I'm gonna take that back now. But well, yeah, I would. I'd say I'd prefer them buy than sell. So with it for sure. They are. They are working on converting Hearn into a uh, a long inning reliever kind of guy. So somebody that that you know might not start a game, but uh, would come in and, and eat up significant innings. And his his numbers are better as a non-starter as opposed to a starter as well. Yeah, we had a chance to see him Saturday against Washington. He looked pretty good. He had uh, four no-hit innings against the Nats. And so, I mean, I'm I'm for that move. Uh, There's a lot of talk with what they're going to do with Martin Perez because of how good he's been. I know that's the the worry is that they will try to add some more pieces to next couple years despite having a a really good chance if they keep him this year, even if it doesn't – you know, this is not going to be their year to win it all, but – you know, keeping him around would, would help, I feel like, in terms of, you know, getting to that playoff spot. So, all right, Drew, number four. It is better to be too cold than too hot with it or quit it. All right, this is definitely a personal preference question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say, I'm going to say too cold, uh, so with it. 
mm-hmm. too cold because you can put on more clothes. You can't take more off. That's you know, exactly like, that's exactly my argument. Yeah. So like during the summer, this excruciating like 106 and 100 plus heat we're having, you know, you can only do so much and you have to like constantly have your stinking you know, AC on to cool your place off because it's so hot. Mm. It's so hot in my place. I don't even have cold water. My faucets are so warm. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I definitely probably say that. Even though I don't have the cold, the the best winter clothing. If I have better winter clothing, I probably love winter, to be honest. And and the cold, yeah. but you know, eh. Um, I'm still with it though. I'm still with it. I'd rather be cold, be pretty cold, and just put more bundle up on than just be increasingly hot yeah i'm right there with you drew i mean you i can't take layers of skin off when i get too hot because that's one it's not good and two it's just not possible you'd be a human snake if you could (laughs) but i don't know any other way as to cool down because once you get you know to your birthday suit if you will that you can't get you can't take anything else off so All right, Drew, last but not least, number five. I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to get you on the record with this right now. Before leaving for the SEC, the Texas Longhorns football team is going to win the Big 12 once more. With it or quit it? Oh, my. Say that again? Before leaving for the SEC, the Texas Longhorns football team will win the Big 12 one more time, at least. Quit it. Ooh. Quit it. And this is coming from the Longhorn fan himself. I know. I just, I don't know. I just, I got to see it first. I got to see it first. I can't, I can't do it. I got to see it. Drew, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think this is the best chance they've had in a few years to do it. Yeah, but. I think this yeah. season. I don't, I still. <laughs> hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. You can't believe in Texas. They're just they're college Dallas Cowboys. You know more of what I've been hearing lately are college Dallas Cowboys, and until well, they prove to you that they're not, then they are. Dallas Cowboys still win their conference, if you will, their division. So, but the Cowboys always have... disappoint you, and so do the Longhorns. But with the talent they've got this year, if it doesn't happen, then there must be a hex or something. I'm I'm mm, telling you, yeah. the talent they've got this year, it's this is probably their best chance they've had since Mac Brown retired or let's, well left but retired. Well, at first let's time. hope we stink and do something with them then. <laughs> That'd be real nice. That's with it or quit it, Drew. Yes, it is, BJ. Good stuff. And that is the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoyed. The news segments, feel free to DM us on, on Twitter and let us know how you feel about the news segments. Um, make sure you guys are liking the video over on YouTube. Check those things out on YouTube. The live streams are there as well as clips each week. Instagram is popping as well. Uh, give us a follow on both Twitter and Instagram at the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on both Twitter and Instagram, guys. And drop those follows on Twitch and YouTube for you guys that are checking out the live streams right now. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you host up uh, when we're doing these live streams over there on Twitch. Uh, you know, get us hosted up over there and drop those subs on YouTube. Appreciate, guys, for uh, coming to hang out today. Everybody that's come through in the chat. That's been talking to us, Nate. It's here, Cam. Uh, so, 
it's been it's been fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the new segments. We we certainly did. Um, yes. This was definitely fun to put together and and to and to do today. So, uh, got more coming, and you know we'll have another additional wrinkle in season three as well that will be going on during the fall. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, extended versions of BJ's best and what's on Drew's mind uh, coming full out in season three. We'll keep previewing it for you though for the rest of season two. So in the meantime. We'll catch you guys later. We'll be back next week with another fresh episode of The Lowdown. And uh, you guys be easy. A- any final words, BJ? Not not much. Just saying uh, thanks for listening as always. And we, we always appreciate it. And have a great day. Yes, indeed. You guys all have a great day. This is going to debut here at the usual time. We'll catch you guys same time next week. Well, no, I take that back. It probably won't be. We'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) See you guys. Peace. Peace.